once again that Evening Kicker is here to amuse, befuddle, and confuse you. And tonight, we're going to do that with a master of uh, the craft who actually unravels the mysteries and lays them out pretty straight and fast, Terry Radigan. Um, and before we get into uh, Terry, I, I want to explain my relationship to her. Um, I'm going to get my, my ears on. Anybody out there a pool player? I'm sure anybody listening to the Ticklers had some time on a on a table shooting, calling out where that eight ball is going to go, which pocket. And for you that have had to put a ball into a pocket by just kissing it, uh, just kissing it so it takes a 90-degree angle and, and, and hits the spot, where there's just this sharp, clean click and this almost impossible angle takes on. You have to, you have to shoot it hard because you're not putting a lot of energy into the ball. My times with Terry have been that shot. They've been fast and hard, and they've left an impression because every time the pocket has been hit. And I'd say this several shots now, and, and every one of them has been this indelible impression. And people, people watching me engage with Terry, just when they watch that impossible shot happen, stand back, and they go, this, this is good, this is good. And, and Terry's back. And, and seeing Terry again on this Easter afternoon, this impossibly beautiful day where, where old man's winter's back has been honestly broken by Mother Nature coming on with green pastures and the promise of those waters of, of March into April. Um, seeing Terry today has been like the snow upon a desert's dry, dusty face. The time has disappeared and, and vaporized, and she's here, and she's good, and she is full of story and song. And if, if there is anything to this day, this, this Easter day, this day of resurrection, it has to be written in song, because if there is a creator... Probably the first creation was song. I think maybe the whole world was, was originally made in a harmonica song. And that is what Terry is made of. Um, and, and she's a very improbable creature because she didn't come from song. She came from uh, a really rough part of Brooklyn. And somehow she, like a lotus uh, growing out of the swamp, beautified herself and, and now has uh, given herself to the the creation myth of Terry and song. You're made of song, aren't you, Terry? Yes. You make songs. You're not made of it. You're, you're making songs. Yeah. And uh, most of you know her from her uh, her band, which sings Tom Waits songs. But um, Tom has been waiting so long for for the checks uh, for, because they've been like using his songs, and, and I think he's he's given up on them. But she is now off and has been for a number of years on another tangent, which is more, I'd say, the shape of her heart. Maybe the shape of America, where mm. uh, where we need redemption through not only talking about what the issue is, but then making sense of it, uh, and not in an argument, but imagine, imagine all of the stuff we've gone through the past few years in America, 
And instead of just throwing it into Fox News and having these horrible partisan arguments, you sat down in a room and you discussed your issues and, and you held them together and put them all, okay, all of it into a song rather than a fight. Put it into a song. That's what Terry's doing. And, and, and I want to talk about that a little bit because it is, this is a day of redemption. And, and I think what you're about is something that um, if there are things that we could call miracles, I, I think that the work you're doing for the people involved and, and then people that aren't so much involved but listen, listening to the songs that come out and the story of how they're made, understand there's another way. So to tell us a little bit about the the way that you're the path you're walking these days. Well, first let me just find a spot so the squeak stops. And can I lower this yes, you without can, making a horrible sound? You can sound? handle that however you like. Beautiful. Okay. Hi, Steve. Hi. Hi, Terry. Uh, I loved your opening words. Well, thank the you. The impossible shot. Yeah. It was perfect. Yeah. You and me, baby. <laughs> <laughs> um. So I started, like I was telling you, doing the work with uh, Songwriting with Soldiers a couple of years ago. And it's just a beautiful organization. And I've done that before. I mean, I've been asked to, like, maybe at the YMCA or go into some schools in Bed-Stuy and help the kids with songs. But Songwriting with Soldiers was the first where it was like the intention is to write a song. And you're sitting with somebody, and you know at the end of two, three hours, there's going to be a song. And it's not going to be you taking their story and melding it. I mean, you do that a little bit by the questions you ask. But the words in it and what's said can only have come out of their mouths. Yeah. And, boy, what a lesson that is to be a songwriter. And just, like, what you want is irrelevant. Yeah. Like, you're serving... The, your ser- well, the song's going to take care of itself always. Huh. So your job is not to serve yourself and wanting to write a really cool song. It's like, how do you serve the people sitting there? So when they hear the song, they hear themselves. Right. And uh, did life prepare you to be their muse? You know, I thought back on it, and my first gigs were with Mr. Frank's Traveling Musical Review. <laughs> <laughs> Where in Brooklyn? <laughs> in Brooklyn. <laughs> okay. Quentin Road. And uh-huh. what we would yeah, do is yeah. every Saturday, Mr. Frank would take now he was my guitar teacher, right? Oh, so yeah. I got the gig because I was a student. But I'd learned a couple of songs and he'd be like, We're gonna go either to Brooklyn Development Center or which was sort of the sister place of Willowbrook. Or we're going to go to Mamamadi's Children's Ward. Or we're going to go to a nursing home. And Mr. Frank is going to play with his wife who played the drums. He was on guitar. His little kid sang. And then he'd bring a couple of his students. And, you know, you were told, like, all right, you'll get three songs and work up your act. And so my first gigs were through the American Legion. Mm-hmm. And my first bit of press mm-hmm. was uh, in the Propeller, which is the uh, newsletter for mm-hmm. the American Legion. And they said I had personality plus. Personality plus. Personality plus. And they were so right. They were so right. Now, that has served you very well because I've, I've, from the get-go on that corner shot, I've recognized your personality as something that's uh, sincere to the point of almost uh, un- it's hard to believe 
the sincerity and personality plus that goes on with you. So I have to ask you this question about the process that you go through in two to three hours. You hear their story and you have to be the person that makes it safe and maybe uh, puts a little bit out there so they feel safe that they can put some stuff out there, kind of like this radio show. Then it gets to the confession where, where they are really kind of going deep and they're exposed. And then it gets into the songwriting. I assume that you try bits out on them and you look for the responses. Or do you just listen and at the end, this is it? Um, I listen. I write maybe a verse. And when I say write, like I just write down everything they say. And then I figure out what rhymes. Uh And then if there's a thought that I think could be finished, I ask some questions. And then the music usually pops up. And usually... I just go with that, unless mm-hmm. I can kind of feel that nobody's really with me. Yeah, and and that part where you feel, where you are judging their reaction to what you're giving out, that's, a, I mean, your heart is right out there because yeah. you're, you're trying to be for them what they really can't do themselves. You're doing their work for them. And when you're watching them, and trying to see in a very nonverbal way whether or not you're hitting it or not. When it when it goes well, I would imagine that they're like their lips are quivering and, and when it's not going well their heads are down and they're not even looking at you. Um, I've never had that. Yeah. And here's what's really cool is just just to be clear, I don't do any of their work. These people show up and they are all about the work and usually when they've done some retreats they're there for five days and they are diving deep and also the organization songwriting with soldiers and boulder crest they make such a safe environment that all i have to do is roll in with my guitar and go i'm a really good songwriter i am here for you you cannot hurt my feelings um that's the only agreement we have is if I, if I write something back, if I heard it wrong, you stop me and you say no. Yeah. And they do. And they do it in ways like if I sing, I was given this strength. And they'll stop me and say, nobody gave me anything. And that's like, okay, so you found it. Yeah. So those little things that are everything, yeah. you know. Um, well, aside from using up the rest of the hour asking you to be my life coach and make a song <laughs> about me, which I could probably use, uh, would you share with us a, I would one, love uh, a piece that represents this incredible work that you're doing with our soldiers? Man, I would love to, love to, love yeah, to. Yeah, yeah. So I can play you. I can play you two, like one to give you an idea of like a one-on-one session. Mm-hmm. Um, and then one that I wrote just a couple of weeks ago with a group. Sweet. And I'll tell you. Can you hear that okay? Yeah, yeah, that's beautiful. So this song I wrote with a soldier named Lisa Geertz. Okay. And here's what's really cool. Yeah. We sit down and we're going to write this song. And her husband had already been through the program. And he wrote a song with Mary Gaucher, a wonderful songwriter. And... So Lisa's writing a song. She was also a vet. So the whole time we were talking, I'm thinking the song's going to be about their relationship. And it was like, it was just reading like a love story. You know, rendezvous at checkpoints and 
I couldn't tell anyone. <laughs> and then she made a comment about joining the military as an older person. And I was like, oh, well, that's interesting. So why, why did you join as an older person? And she starts telling me the story. And I ripped up everything I'd written. And I said to her, this is the story. And what was amazing was I could tell she didn't tell it often. I could tell that, like, that story was sort of tucked back. And, man, it was when you get intimate with somebody like that who you don't know. I know nothing about this woman. And then all of a sudden, I know a lot. It's a gift. It's, it's just incredible. That so, they give that to you. Oh, my goodness, man. It's just um, so she and I are locked and loaded for life. Well, you wrote her song. Yeah, she. I, I wrote it with her because yeah. this is all. This is all her. So I will play it for you now. Thank you. It's called uh, Army. Lisa, are you listening? Army of One. Army of One. Mama was an eighteen-year-old runaway. Daddy was trucking down the A1A. Beer in his hand, steering with his knees, saw her long black hair blowing in the breeze, blowing in the breeze. It was a one-day stand, written in the stars, two sweaty kids in the back of that car, accident stumbling on destiny, cause I, yes, I. I was meant to be <laughs> I was meant to be And from that day on I was on my own Daddy built houses But we never had a home Every day was living In a little war zone And I'd fight them battles All alone With nowhere to hide Nowhere to run so I became an army of one I became an army of one I learned to tie my shoes Dry my tears Make my supper then disappear Cut my hair Clean my clothes Get myself off to school Nobody would know Hoping nobody would know That I've been signing mama's names To permission slips Cause it was hard to catch her in between sips And daddy's always working Or he never had time He was too busy With them little white lines All them little white lines From that day on, I was on my own. Daddy built houses, but we never had a home. Every day was living in a little war zone, and I'd fight them battles all alone with nowhere to hide, nowhere 
pretty good dad. Tell me where to go, tell me what to do, and for the first time in my life I'd have a curfew. Brothers and sisters who had my back the first time I knew peace was in Iraq, where I met somebody who felt like home, fought my battles like they were his own. Fought them like they was his own. And I didn't have to hide and I didn't have to run and Lord, I didn't have to be an army of one. Ooh, 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 ooh. <clears throat> Lisa, thank you for that and uh, giving that to, uh, to Terry. So... Um, as soon as I can pick my jaw up off of that, the, the question that I have for you immediately, not having your talent, is I want to call like bull twats on you that you could write a song like that um, in uh, the space of a few hours. Because what you've done there in, in that ballad is you've, you've documented a creation myth of, of an entire life, the struggles that... I, I had this this friend who told me all stories are based upon this triptych and it, and they go like this a boy or girl starts off on journey they they've got a a certain idea of what path they have to take and as soon as they start walking that way they're off it into the woods and in, in the woods amazing things happen they meet monsters they get transformed they die they get reborn they learn new things they find that what they thought was wrong is right in the woods, and then at the end, through all of the change that happens, there there's redemption. They they come to understand what the path is really all about, which wasn't certainly what they started on. Your song did that. Your song was a classic myth of a life. So you understand the structure. You as a writer, you have to understand the basic language of what our lives are all about, which which is probably through self-reflection on your own life. I don't know how else we come to understand that. But then you have to put your talent of being a pretty good songwriter into it. And then you have to, which I find improbable, in a, in a short period of time write a song like that. Did, did that really just come out of a... Every, every single thing. She talked to me. She told me your dad was a house builder, but they never had a house. They were always going from apartment to apartment. Her mother would leave for days on end. You know, Again, this was all stuff I had to ask, and I said to her, so you joined the Army like for family? And she said, yeah. And she said the first time she knew peace was in Iraq. Yeah, that was a great line. So you just have to, you uh. have to write it down. And I'll tell you something. Even though it all came out like that, that's what I mean. I, I think I've spent a long time worshiping songs and saying, please let me have anything to do with you. But they do show up. It's like not getting in the way of that story. It just, man, it wrote itself. And I'll tell you, when she and I got done and we went back to the dining room where there were other songwriters and other participants, we got so caught up that we were late for lunch. Yeah. And the two of us sat there. Yeah. In silence. Yeah. And we just ate. Because we'd just been through this, like... Well, of course. 
It was really incredible. I'll never forget it. Yeah. All of us are looking for that experience where we're recognized and affirmed. Oh, and yeah. and it rarely happens and it, where it's understandable and, and beautified. For for most of us, it happens in in bits and pieces. It, it, we, it, our lives are kaleidoscopes, and, and, and patterns come through. But to um, to be a character, as we all are, or several characters in search of an author, and to find that person is is really what you've just, just you've you've shared with us that that happened. And then I, I think what's remarkable is that you shared what the immediate after effect was, which is sort of a reverence, a silence of just knowing that you nailed it, you brought the hammer down, and it's time to, um, you know, do something familiar like like eat a bologna, fried bologna sandwich or whatever you eat there, and um, and sort of just sit in the deep, cool water. You know what's amazing about these retreats? is there a weekend long and this one was held up in Rensselaerville um, but there are four songwriters usually really wonderful songwriters and uh, a whole array of people there to support them there's the veterans there's Mary Judd who holds all these you know they, they it's a full thing the songs are one thing but it's there are strength workshops. There's meditation. There's a lot of things that surround people all weekend. So when that song time comes, they're ready. They're ready for it. But that night, so the morning, you have breakfast. You meet who you're going to write a song with. You have two hours to write a song. You have lunch. Then you meet someone else, and you write their song. Then you have dinner. And then that night, there's a concert. And the concert is all the songs that have been written during the day and the Attendees are vets. Usually they're with their spouses. It's remarkable what happens. Yeah. Yeah. Um, If I say yeah once again, I'm probably going to sound insincere. I think you're going to be fined. Uh, I want to be there. And now have have, uh, cameras been put on this? Oh, yeah. yeah. So PBS did a special on this. And that's where you can see the songwriters up playing their songs, and it's great. The yeah. retreats themselves, though, they document all of them with books. Okay. And then you can go on the Songwriting with Soldiers website. All the songs are there, videos are there, find out how to get involved. Okay, people. Uh, it's song, awesome. uh, tell us the site. So songwritingwithsoldiers.org. Okay. Um, yeah, just check it. Just go and take a deep dive in there. It's it's remarkable. Yeah. And where where do you where do you where do you go with that after you've been doing it for three years now, and it's it seems to be nourishing you, but is there an end to that, or is this what you're going to be doing forever now? So in some way, always. In, I mean, I, I, after my work with songwriting with soldiers, I'd get back to my place in Brooklyn, and I'd be like, I want to do that closer to home. Yeah. And there was a shelter right around the corner from me. Okay. And I just marched in there one day, like, hey, this is what I'm doing. And I'd like to try and do this here. 
I know it would be super different, but if you're game, so am I. And they were. And it was, again, remarkable. So I, I, I'm telling you, I walk out of any yeah. of those encounters better. Yeah. So selfishly speaking, it, it'll be a part of my life as long as I can pick. It's not all that complicated, is it? Actually, it's quite simple that all of us are just looking for somebody that will honestly sit down and listen to our story and yeah. and have a conversation about it. <clears throat> why is it so difficult? Why, why is it that what you're doing is so remarkably special when that is on the surface what we want? That's really what we want to... <clears throat> define and share in our lives what's missing in our lives that that isn't the coin of the realm that's why i think social media is such a trap right because you feel like you're telling your story Uh. but you feel obligated to tell a certain kind of story and 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 i know some folks who the story they tell on social media is very different than (laughs) <laughs> like me, the new life. <laughs> the I, haven't, farmer. I haven't, I haven't stalked you. I've sort of sworn it off. But you know, you know what's incredible is any, any time I've sat with somebody who says to me within the first five minutes, uh, I don't have a story. And I'm like, of course you do. You know, you're you're sort of judging it. But I think what songwriters or anybody who writes in any medium. It's like, what are the details of your story that are different than someone else's? And speak the way you speak and not someone else does. And there you are. And when people, when you get to hear somebody say, I'm not special or I don't really have a story, and then you write down everything they say, and then you're like, what do you think of this? And you sing it back to them, and you watch them just go, oh, my, that's really good. It's incredible. You know, uh, John Prine comes to mind because he had that simple gift uh, mm. of being able to tell a story that was tough but made it quite beautiful and, and believable. Um, and, I, and I do think that while you can practice your life through, you're honestly born with that ability to take something as complex as somebody's unique story and in a short period of time turn it into a song um do you or do you give your how did you come to through a process to become you did it did it just spring out of the ground like wheatgrass or did you progressively work on the idea that you were going to be this virtual songwriter uh composing people's lives it just sort of popped up i mean it was really somebody reached out and was like hey there's going to be a retreat by you do you want to write do you want to go and try this out i got on the phone with uh darden we talked i'm like man this sounds kind of like what i've been doing in a lot of different ways awesome i knew a couple of songwriters who were going to be on there i said count me in and that was it i mean it just has an energy to it it's also, I think, what any songwriter wants. I mean, or again, any writer. I'm interested in people's stories. So when you tell me I get to just walk in a room and hang out yeah, with a bunch yeah. of like seven people I've never met before, and they're going to tell me their story. Yeah, that's pretty, that's pretty hot. And really. I'm only in that room because there's a yeah. guitar in my lap? Holy yeah. cow. I mean, hey, let me, uh, I'm going to close this door because yeah. I, I hear some. Yeah. 
roused about. Yeah, there are, there are people out there in the studio that are probably getting so agitated and excited over Terry being here that they've lost their civil And I uh, didn't behavior. even play my power cards. Yeah, and um, that's coming on. Why don't you play us another song? Let me let me play you another one and let me let me tell you uh, a project that I somehow is percolating in my head. And it's going to be nice to talk to you about it because I think it'll help to uh, clarify it. So um, now that I'm, you know, a full-time resident, Mm -hmm. so I love getting... Bovinian. Bovinian. Full-time, 100%. I love getting the Catskill Reporter. (laughs) Yeah. And I love it for, for first and foremost, the obituaries. Sweet. They're written so beautifully. Yeah. And every time I'm, and I look, and there's a hide nor hair. There's no name, but there's there's a really familiar style to it. And there, whoever wrote them, there's love in them. Yeah. They're so beautiful. So, um, and, and then the looking back section. Of course, the police blotter and then pastor's pen. There's yeah. a lot, you know, it's a yeah. packed. Yeah, it's a good afternoon. If... It's, a, it's a good. <laughs> so, anyway. I found myself when a couple of friends of mine passed or I'd heard about somebody who I kind of knew sitting down and writing songs because I thought, oh, my God, I just just give us the highlights of somebody's life. You know, all these. And it's so easy to do. You know, it's such a it's a great way to process it if it's somebody, you know, but even if it isn't, if you get to like, oh, what made up that person's life? Mm. So I want to play you this song. It's called Bob's Boots. Okay, Bob's Boots. My neighbor across the street, who uh, this was in Park Slope, and uh, we never spoke ever. But I, I was, I'm nosy. You know, I saw him coming <laughs> and going. I saw what he wore. I saw what he did. He was always a really cool guy. And then, uh, and then we find out like he died. We actually saw him being carried out of the house. Yeah. And weeks later, his wife started putting stuff out onto the street. And I wrote this song just based on the stuff that made it to the sidewalk to fill in this guy's life. Hmm. And maybe somehow this is going to be part of a bigger record hmm. of obituaries. That's a little dark. Maybe there's a different way to frame well, that. But Yeah, you could say the, uh, the bows we put on that package called life. Let's, uh, let's, let's, let's hear this, this bow string that you've got for Bob's boots. Bob's boots. Bob's boots are on the street. They sure look strange without Bob's feet. <laughs> Out there standing all alone like they're waiting for him. Come back home Bob's books are in a box He sure did read a lot Though I never heard him say two words He talked of quite a storm To the neighborhood birds And Bob's wife is on the stoop She looks lost She looks pooped Oh, yeah, dying sure is hard on the living Yeah, she's lost so much But here she's giving 
Uh, that's an appropriate Easter song because ultimately yeah, it's about resurrection. Well. It's about, you know, losing something and, and having it reborn in other ways. And it reminds me, your songs and, and your spirit, Cherry, remind me of, of something I've been thinking about recently, which is prayer, which has really nothing to do with the religion, but the, the practice, which is meditative, of putting some horse blinds on and focusing on one thing intently. And and when you do that, I think that's the place that poems come from, and, and that's the place where deep reflection comes from. And what you've done with that song, certainly, and what it seems that you've got that gift for is that form of prayer where you just pay attention to something fully, yeah. body, mind, spirit. And, and then from that, all of this stuff it magically, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know how else you explain how how the garden comes from the act of just focusing but or just putting the seed in the ground i mean you know yeah. it it's what you do like oh you, you put that seed in the ground and yeah it kinda, and then comes. it's it's unaccountably weird as a farmer that never ceases to make me believe and i think i'm the most sincere unbeliever in the world but <laughs> i i as a believer in miracles you know, seeing what happens with that idea yeah. that something so insignificant can become so overwhelmingly beautiful. Um, 
in in spite of what it is you're trying to do to attend to it it just it it uh, it gets a relationship going with you and, and off you go uh, do, do you find that that happens to you that in in the way that you walk through your life that uh, your attention is just pulled to something and and that you know you then just sit down and focus and 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 that thing happens if it's strong enough yeah man if it's strong enough you can i mean that guy bob i'd been i'd see him forever and i loved him he he was a dentist he had a little funky office down the block i'd see him walking home for lunch with a baguette and a bottle of white wine i mean you know he was just a cool guy so his story just had all of that there was no work involved it was just sitting and you know what when when i'm present enough to really just see what's there instead of feeling like i gotta make up something it's all there yeah it's all there but you're right it takes takes not being in your head yeah you know not trying to look for something to write. Oh my yeah. God, I've done that. That is just misery. Yeah, that's Stick. that's hard to do oh when you're God. when you're asked to actually construct something rather than just have it appear. Um, do you see dead people? <laughs> 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 do you have that power to see beyond what the normal people see? I bet you do. You know, no, no, no. You're, at you're all. having an intense conversation with somebody, and you like look sideways, and the, that person's looking at you. What is she looking at? You, you know, know, I, I stuff goes on in your head. I right? talk to all my all my people. Yeah. You know, you got several up there. Yeah, I mean, you know, my my mom and my dad, and like they're. All, I mean, listen, just before <laughs> you and I, I'm waiting for you outside. Okay. Right. A couple of days ago, it was my mom's birthday. She would have been 89. She mm. died years ago. She yeah. was 57. And I always give a shout-out to them. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, I do know what you mean. Shout-out. So there the, I am. I'm yeah. walking in this grass. Yeah. And I showed you. I found this coin that was sitting in the grass. And I thought, well, well that's odd. What is that? I picked it up. It's a four-leaf clover. Yeah. You know. Yeah, that's. And I am Teresa Mary Colleen Radigan. Yeah. So this has special significance. It does. And so when you pick up a coin, which is so unusual to find at the Roxbury Hotel where the waters are running crisp and pure right now, and, and, you, <laughs> and you find that shiny that's shiny object that, uh, that was saved for you rather than the crows picking it up because they're also attracted to that, as are the, the more and more frequent investment bankers that think it might be a Bitcoin. Um, you have in your hands the power to make a wish with that. And yes. so I, I asked you when you came up to me all giddy-like that you had found some treasure, what the wish would be. And you said, I, I, that's a big deal. i got to think about it. Have, and have you thought about what the wish might be? I, I, haven't had, I haven't had time to think about it. It could be a song, The Wish Coin, and it could unravel so many things inside of you, the, the unrequited wishes all of it you know it's that is such an interesting idea isn't it terry all of the wishes that we were told to make on the wish bones on the blown out mm-hmm. candles on the shooting stars oh uh, heaven forbid on the rabbit foot I'm yeah sorry, yeah yeah rabbit and you know a song about all of the unrequited wishes in our lives and now you have that object in your hand and you're of an age where it might be serious to to make a wish that that is sincere and true 
Maybe well, your wish has already come true. You know what? That's what I was going to say, just by virtue. Because this is what I ask for is a shout-out. You know, like, I know you're with me, but, but feel free to be obvious. So yeah. a four-leaf clove yeah. of maiden china yeah. hanging out in the grass next to this radio in station, Roxbury. where I just happened to walk because I was waiting for you. Yeah, the door was locked. That's kind of a, that's a shout-out. So that's a, already its own, like I asked for it and I was given it. It's a pretty good exchange. But since you said there might be an extra wish in there, yeah. I will certainly could, put another one on it. It could be a portal. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and and <laughs> I won't go any further with that. Uh, but that that's what I would wish on you that it would it would thank you take you to a place um, I, you know I would wish I would wish what Terry does on all of us for this reason and we've we've gone through it a little bit and we've heard it in our song we we yearn to be heard sincerely and honestly not not to glorify our story, not to become the hero of our own lives, to to be grandiose, but to simply um, hit the tuning fork, the right harmonic that we have spent our life forging, just for, just to be able to have that played and to have it understood. And I would, and Terry does that, and and I would wish that on all of us. There are all sorts of programs. I I went through the Mankind Project, which is very much like what Terry describes the soldiers going through, where you're finally, as a man, finally I was I was taught. Well, here's the language for what your emotions are, mm-hmm. and here are ways for you to go about um, understanding the difference between a fact, a judgment, and an emotion. You know, things like that that break down so much of what we are so confused by uh, in our life. The, but the thing that, that I find fascinating, because I've done a little bit of that work, is the, the end product, which is the proof. You know, it's, it's, the, it's when you bake that bread and it comes out and, uh, and you sit there silently um, mystified that what the work you did turned out so wonderfully and, and, and shareable, right? Because mm-hmm. that, that's the thing about a song. It's, it's shareable, and, it, and there's no shame in that. Even if the song is about your shame in your life, that there's something that happens in a song that is so redemptive, right? You I, know, if you're going to talk about some really hard thing, yeah. would you rather open your mouth and just have to say it or write it down or would you rather have some music and then the song is like the perfect vehicle to tell it and then it's also the perfect vehicle for the person who's being asked to take it in yeah because it's wrapped up in songs which you know man they're just you trust them yeah it makes me um it makes me sad for so much of what is going on in the world today where, where beauty and the making of beauty, if you will, the arts, are not looked at for the power that they have and, and that other forces that are, you know, corrupting and, and are given attention, um, which is a whole other conversation. But it's, it, the, the point is that beauty does soothe 
and 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 balm this the the beast in us and uh, that that is what all of us should be putting our ear to when when there are options when we can we can listen to and engage in things that are harsh and wrong I think the the lesson in in hearings, uh, and I want to hear another song soon. The lesson is this: that if you pay attention to your heart, and and if you listen to the shape that your heart takes when you're taking on information, it will tell you right from wrong, and it will honestly let you know whether to pay attention to something. And song is always that place where you're going to be grabbed, and you're going to be moved, and you're going to pay attention. Um, and I guess we just need more songwriters. I think also, too, what I tell um, sometimes when I go and I write with a group and they're writing very personal, I say to them, you know, I have sat in a room by myself and wrote my song, very specifically my thing. And then I go out and I play it somewhere. And there's somebody sitting in the club and they're crying. I can see it. <clears throat> and in that moment, you're like, oh, you hear yourself, you hear somebody else, you don't feel so odd, strange, alone, whatever it is. So it's a real, man, it's a real builder. And I also think with all the stuff that's going on in the world, you know, beauty will win out. Here, it here. just will, man. It will. And yeah. on that note, <laughs> let's, let's do another win-win and hear another one of let's, your songs. Let's do, uh, so, okay, let me see here. I, I hadn't thought about this one, but just in our talking, yeah. it seems right. Yeah. Okay, I think that's it. I think that's the right key. So, um, this was written with a group of fellows up in Maine, uh-huh. and, um, Again, all these words are kind of theirs. I kind of steer a conversation. But when they're talking about what they've been through and where they're heading to, it's beautiful because it's the smallest things. And um, it's called Little Victories. It's also, I think, somebody hearing this now who's just been isolated because of what we're all dealing with, they'd hear it in there, Mm. even though these guys were not there in their minds. So lose your job, lose your purpose, lose who you are. And you go down that road, but you won't get too far. Cause your mind slows down, it all comes back. You build those walls, you fade to black. Many days on my knees in tears. Where do I go from here? Lashing out in anger, putting everyone through hell. I have struggled, but now I struggle well. Little victories, just to breathe. Little victories, just to be. To give a hug, to take a hand, to be present, to be the man I want to be every day. Little victory. 
So I climbed that mountain, trying not to slide back down. Some days a win is just to hold your ground. And when I think I've reached the top, fall summit, but I won't stop. This is a different fight. It's filled with hope, filled with light. And I've got my brothers, and we've all been through hell. We have struggled, but now we struggle well. Little victories, a good night's sleep. Little victories, a promise that I'll keep to give a hug, to take a hand, to be present, to be the man I wanna be every day. Little victories, and you. You're out there. Just know you're not alone. There is a path that can lead you home. Found my job. Found my purpose. I know who I am. I am whole. I am here to serve once again. 'Cause that's the man. The man I wanna be every day. Little victories, little victories, little victories. Hmm. Maybe it's time to go to the lunchroom and just be silent and eat the fried bologna sandwich after that one. It, it's it's that's such a beautiful song, and and it just reminds me how really all all I certainly want in life is to have purpose, and the little victories are that of kinding uh, these these wonderful little reminders that that uh, our lives do have that, and, and that we can make that happen. So. This is the question I have right now when you go through these workshops and you create these pieces which really do define the the shape of people's souls and lives. They fall in love with you. And do, do they, do, is the love that, do they put that love on you as if you're a saint or if you, like them, are a broken person looking for meaning or do they just see you as this like really sexy goddess that they <laughs> that they want to like put on top of a cupcake and take home, like because you've got it. I mean, the hat it has to I, happen. I, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna say I I I hope it would be the the, last the latter. One. But <laughs> what I really think it is, yeah. Um, first of all, I'm always nervous before I go to these, right? Because yeah, even though I know what my mission is, what I don't know what song's gonna be. Yeah. I don't know what's gonna show up. So it's always a reminder to me to stay in the room. Stay in the room and listen. Yeah. And if you just do the best you can, yeah, that's all you can do. But what's cool is when I sit down and I'm like, hey, my name is Terry. We're going to write a song. I can see them like, what? 
But I say to them, I go, I promise you, in two hours, if we all show up and we trust it, it's going to be here. And I think part of it is I'm a civilian. I know nothing about their experience. But, uh, but I'm helping them tell that story. Yeah. So right away, that's a little bit of a bond. Yeah. And when you sit and you write, you, you know this stuff. When you sit and you have that creative moment with somebody, how often do you get to meet somebody? That's not rare. know their last name, not know where they're from, and dive in. So there's just an intimacy at the end of those that's, uh, man, I treasure it. It's changed me yeah. across the board. It changed who I am at, at home. It's changed how I write songs now yeah. just for work, you know. Yeah. Hello. Stan, Stan has come in, Captain Trips. Uh, Stan, I like your shirt. Three Hours of the Grateful Dead. Oh, nice. Yeah. No, he's, he's, he's a famous, very popular guy. I'm competing with him now. He turned and off I think our nightclub lighting. This, uh, this show. And he came in. This show that Let we have shine. tonight it's with perfect. Terry is going to absolutely, when the numbers come in from the Nielsen uh, numbers that we, we rate, that we're going we're gonna to absolutely put the hammer down, Terry. Um, we, we have a few minutes left, and... One of the things that I think you've recognized, all of you tickler listeners around the world, about Terry is that she has that attribute that people that that are good at what they do have, which is humility, um, where she knows that it, it's not through uh, brute strength and perseverance and the idea that she will conquer all with her talents and her ability, but she she will just sit back and let the waters flow around her and see what happens. Uh, that that you have, and that is uh, Terry. You will make merry. <laughs> <laughs> that was lame. That was a really bad close to a pretty profound hour. You, you were kind of, I see, but this is it. You swung. You <laughs> well, swung. I started, you that's know, all that you started matters. To, you started to put a rhythm into that thing. I could feel I, myself I pre- getting a little preachy there. <laughs> I think before you get your 1-800 number, uh-huh. we should workshop this. Yeah, we okay? could. We could too. You know, they that. say that if you want to make money, start a church. Anyway, thank you all very much for being <laughs> with us. Terry, I, I love you. I, from the first time I saw you up there on the stage uh, at B's birthday party with your fellow bandmates. Oh, I said, my goodness, yes, the VKV playing B's yeah, party, yes. I, I said, this is really something unusual. <laughs> Stay close to this person, all of you. Go to the sites that she's thrown out, and when you see her walking down the street, ask her what the wish is that she put on the magic coin. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs>